Welcome back to the I Made This Few podcast with your host, Joelle DiGenio. On today's episode, we have Charlie. Charlie started a clothing company called Immortal his freshman year of college. We talk about the ups and downs of starting a brand, growing up in New York, and this episode is basically a love letter to Pittsburgh. We also have a special guest, Ruth Riley. I hope you enjoy. Charlie, welcome to the I Made This Few podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? How are both of you? I'm good. Oh yeah, we have a we have a special <laughs> um we have Ruth Riley joining in. How are you, Riley? Hi, I'm good. I'm I'm excited. I I know Charlie from going to pit with him, and I know Joelle from high school. So this is just I'm just here for the sport. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but back to the podcast. <laughs> so we're like, I'll actually include this in. Yeah. I wanted to have you on because you had a brand and I find it so fascinating when people actually start their own things especially clothing because I feel like that's such a hard thing to navigate because like everyone wants a clothing brand but you did it you can correct me if I'm wrong but I was like it's successful because you had people actually purchasing it and you had a pop-up shop successful I would love like I love to say that our brand mortal was successful in the six years that we did it let me start off with like the niche and nuance of like starting a clothing brand growing up in New York that was like everyone Everyone was like a SoundCloud rapper or they're starting their own Supreme. <laughs> and like, so I had the idea in high school, but like, here's the thing. I dressed way worse than I did than people in high school. And like, all these kids were starting brands. And I thought it was just so corny. I was like, I'm not going to contribute to this. Like, I don't want to. Like, it's just not something that um, in that market was like the right thing. Honestly, the brand was like in my mind forever because like I just grew up here I love streetwear I love what streetwear represents and I love dressing really cool I think like the power of dressing and doing whatever you want creatively with clothing especially for men has been such a thing that has grown over the years which I think is awesome but it's just something that gave me just like so much more confidence and felt great about myself and like just something I just absolutely adored also the artist aspect of it my father's a painter I wish more people appreciated him as a painter and like an artist and a sculptor. And these brands would like take these really nuanced, interesting artists from the streets or from anywhere and like bring them to the attention of other people through clothing, which is like not something that the artist would ever consider and not something that like the consumer ever considers, but it blended really well. So it's just something that I've always enjoyed the concept of. So going to the University of Pittsburgh I was definitely the most overdressed person there, um, being from Brooklyn. I would wear like bright oranges and pinks. And um, I always had this idea for a brand. I turned 19 years old my freshman year of college, and I was utterly terrified of dying and having absolutely nothing, which was um, which was such a weird thought to be at 19. But you see, like, there's 19-year-olds at the time winning the World Cup. And it's just like, wow, like, I have, like I'm doing nothing. um that and clothing in just general I always love vintage and like clothing that lasts forever and like items like that immortal as a brand came from that kind of concept and idea I also didn't want to join any clubs at school I really was not (laughs) against that um just because they all looked really tacky and they were just also it was such a big school so it was really hard to like kind of make an impact in some way and I I don't know, maybe I'm conceited and have an ego and like want to have some kind of impact. So I started Immortal my freshman year, first semester, really horrible collection, learned all the horrible problems I can go with, like producing clothing, costs and everything. Thankfully, I have like, I had a lot of amazing support from like my freshman year friends. And I think that's the perfect time to ever start something is like 
when you're about to enter a community because these people, especially in college, like they come from so many other different communities and allows it to like spread in so many different ways. It's much easier than like being in high school and being trapped in like on the same people that you've probably been around for like the last 12 or like six or 18 years or whatever. So it was just incredible in that. And my best friend, one of my best friends, Nolan Bay, he was like our head of design for Immortal. He came on the second collection because he was like, oh, this is not crap. And then he just made it like so much better because he has such a vision and such a creative nature. And we grew that brand for the last six years or up until we just wrapped up in August. Like, this is what I'm curious about. Pitt is such a research-based, science-based school, and it is huge and overwhelming, and everyone seems to be on this, you know, beelining for this certain goal that there isn't a whole lot of room, at least what from my, my experience, for the creative things to shine. And I think it is a really amazing art cultured city and all that but I think that there wasn't a whole lot of space I mean I was minoring in art at the time and so I always wondered about with Immortal like how did you find the space the creative drive um yeah I was a political science major I was gonna be a lawyer it didn't like Pitt definitely didn't help whatsoever other than being a little community base for like students um honestly the city of Pittsburgh was huge into like helping us like I worked on, I worked at a thrift store in um, North Oakland um, called House of Vane at the time. And like the owner there, Jerome was so awesome. And he was making his own clothing and all stuff. And he hooked me up with so many connections of like printers and um, embroidery people, which is like something like it's, it's very difficult to start a brand and you go to like custom ink and then custom ink is just going to like screw you yeah. just because like you it's just not going to work. But it's like, there's so like the cost to making something or like the details, it's like it's not that it's not, it's cheap, but like it is so much more reasonable once you can go and know the network and like have people to reach out to. So he was so influential into getting me started. And then once I was working with him, I would go to a lot of the thrift communities um, events in Pittsburgh. That's where I first like met Zeds. He's like this really popular thrifting store in Pittsburgh. Now they used to like kind of do like a round two kind of thing, like resell like high beast kind of stuff but also sell like really amazing vintage clothing and then like had a really amazing curation of like Pittsburgh memorabilia which was incredible he had a lot of connections and like that led me to being really close with the owner of one up skate shop which is like the OG foundational skate shop in Pittsburgh which like for me that was always like what streetwear came from it's like the skate community and like, individuality within that Brendan at one up was just like he was so rude to me at first but rightfully so because he gets so many kids who are just like yo I have this like cool streetwear brand like can you hook it up? He's like, what are you skating and everything? We had like a call. He was like, look, you can put it on a shelf. If it, if it like doesn't sell in a month, you come pick it up. If you don't come pick it up after a month, then it's mine. You'll just do a commission and we'll take a 50%, which is like a completely reasonable understanding thing. And like, I just wanted to get my stuff in the skate shop. And a lot of like people that start off like um, Bobby hundreds and everything, they would like go and send their people to like go to these shops and buy back and stuff. Um, we didn't have the money for that. Cause like we were just college students, like just trying to get out. And we're like, if the community doesn't accept it, then we shouldn't be a part of that community whatsoever. But Brandon called me and he was like, it sold out in a week. And then we had a wholesale agreement with them going forward. So that was like super huge for Nolan and I going into the brand because we got to just one, we love the skater community so much. Nolan was such a better skater than I was. I'm a pretty horrible skater. Um, and then, like, we had, like, really true, authentic Pittsburgh people wearing our stuff that we wanted to. And we would see it on the streets. And, like, normally, like, we know who's buying our stuff. Like, most of it is, like, 
family friends or like friends of friends that we've known of but like when you see that random person wearing like our sweatshirt we were like that's crazy or like someone would text us and like i saw this on the street um that's i guess like going back to like in the beginning like how you know you're successful it's like moments like those are huge for a brand to realize like it's not just like your 10 friends who like have money to spend on you and like are asking you for discounts all the time it's like actual people who want to buy the clothing and like enjoy it and wear it out I know so many people who bought the clothing and like I just see them like as inside clothes and it makes me so sad but you know you can't win them all I you saying that you were scared of dying I mean I'm not gonna lie I think it comes from like society and like especially our generation we have like media at our fingers we have so much access to so much more than our parents did love my father because no matter what when he goes like his artwork exists and it exists in homes and exists with people and so like even though he doesn't have like a wikipedia page he has some form of legacy that like lived out there my mom my mom's like such a huge part of my life and like was supporting once she realized it was successful but um she <laughs> like she's just like really high up in a community and like at a company like as someone who's now in corporate fashion in general it's like you leaving your mark isn't as big like it's to you in a little bit but it's like it's not as much of a, like a legacy and like I think she's completely fine with that I guess for me like having both contrasting parents I kind of want to be able to leave something and like have something that kind of showed for like what I did and like I go back to like the artist thing because I helped curate and gave creative direction but there are so many other artists that we love we love to show and highlight that deserve the attention so much more and I think that's where the fear of dialing like started it but then like what it allowed it to become and develop a community and develop an actual meaning to what the brand meant was so much better than that. Like I could have died happily and like known that Immortal existed somewhere else, but it definitely pushed me off the bat to go and do it. And like, at least just attempt like Tyler or Tyler created like a podcast um, recently with, with Converse. And like, he was talking about, like, if you have something creative, you have an idea, just do it. I think that's mo so much easier said than done, but I do like strongly encourage like, there's so many ways now because with media and like YouTube and everything, it's like you can find a way to just buy a Hanes t-shirt, go to a FedEx, get a transparent piece of paper, burn a silk screen, get some paint, throw it on the t-shirt, fuck it up, get another t-shirt. And like, ideally that costs you like 50-ish bucks, which is a ton of money, but like, at least you do it. At least you make it in some form of a way and you don't know who could absolutely adore it or love it from that. The idea of like doing it, like everyone has their own reason and their own push, but like doing something like this, like you started this podcast, like just doing it, you're going to feel so much better about it. Even if you don't like leave the legacy that you kind of had in your mind, then not doing it and always like wondering and like having resentment. And like, what if I just like stayed and like left all my notes and my drawings and my notebook? So. No, I definitely resonate with that. This part, I found it in my notes. I thought about starting this podcast in like 2017, 2018. I was listening to like Road Trippin, which was this podcast with RJ Jefferson and Channing Fry. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I felt like I could do something like that. But I was also a senior in high school at the time. And I'm like, who's listening to podcasts? And even yeah. now I feel like <laughs> podcasts, it's such an oversaturated thing. But I'm like, if I don't do it, I'm always gonna be like, what if, like what could have happened? I know. I feel like with podcasts and, and clothing brands alike, I think it is really hard to make your mark or stand out in marketing wise, how to go about that with media, especially like with social media, like the marketing of it all, it, it's beyond me. I, I don't know if you have any specific things and like aims in that regard, where it comes to like trying to market through social media and how to stand out from an oversaturated market. So Yes. Marketing is, I think, the biggest thing now. It's like, it is the most difficult 
and it is the hardest thing because there's no more natural growth there's no more natural like people seeing this and people giving a shit and like people like falling in love with it we got the most natural growth ever for our whole brand on reddit from like this other guy who's at pit he started like a t-shirt brand and he was like dude give up on like the instagram investments and everything it was like a small streetwear brand and we would like go and post pictures they would be like this sucks that's awesome and then we'd like see incremental sales from that um it's really difficult because like Instagram used to be that Instagram used to be like you post something that you feel amazing about and creative and then random people could totally see it and it'd be awesome. But now Instagram, like if you have a business account or any kind of thing, you get pushed to the back of your like people's feeds because it's not, you're not paying to like be seen in more of a way. So it's much more difficult now. Like honestly, TikTok is the easiest way, but it's like, you don't see skate brands doing stuff on TikTok. Like you don't see like Supreme and Palace like posting on TikTok. They don't care. I mean, but like small brands are doing that and like getting more traction and notice from it. And it's like amazing. There's like a really amazing streetwear brand out of Australia called like Mewtimer who like he blew up because he made a lace shirt and like just put it on TikTok and like people saw that like in their own way and like they fell in love with it. And now he's like having crazy pop-ups throughout the world. We as a brand prioritize quality and like design versus marketing. We were also conceited and we thought we were better than we were. And we we're like, you know what? If they don't like it, they don't want to buy it, screw it. But like you need, you need marketing. It's super important. We found out new strategies on ways to do that. Like one of our best selling collections was our backyard collective. We worked with artists across the world um, and curated like singular items with them, like a collaboration kind of piece. And this was like benefit, like most of the time people buy an artist's item or they buy a piece from them and then they put it on a t-shirt and that's it. But that doesn't get the artist invested. So it's like, we always did like 50-50 artist, immortal, let's make it a t-shirt and then let's show it to the public. And those we saw like insane success with because we have support from like our base, but people who are small artists who've never done clothing, who've never even thought about clothing as a medium to show their art, um, would just love it and buy it like crazy. And then from that, they would realize, wow, this clothing brand has really cool t-shirts and really great stuff. Let's go and buy more from it. Um, So that was like a a way to pivot around marketing aspect, but also like a mutually beneficial way for everyone. I find that fascinating that you found success through Reddit because I wouldn't have thought about Reddit as a community. Creative weirdos on Reddit who just have such passions for different medias and especially like clothing and artwork and stuff. Those are the people also to get like your best commentary and responses from because they're the most genuine, they're the people that care the most. Those are the people like everyone talks about you want your first hundred customers. Those are the first hundred customers because like they they care so much and they will consistently buy versus like some random dude who will just be like, oh, it says immortal on it. Like I heard it's cool, like, and then buys it and like has no connection to like the meaning or purpose. Um, so that community sadly, like slowly diminished because like obviously oversaturation in streetwear, but um, was so Im- influential for us in the beginning. Do you have a favorite year of the clothing brand? Like obviously year one is like so new. Like but... whole year? I guess like I would say the like, collection maybe, but I I feel like I think about years a lot. I'm just like, oh, this is my favorite year doing like this, blah, blah, blah. But like you did it for six years. I feel like there has to I be. Know, that's why it's like, I mean, there's things that like I absolutely love and absolutely hate looking back on. And like, that's like the most difficult thing. Can I do like a school year? Is that count? Yeah, you can do a school year. No, that's, <laughs> I mean, you did this while you were in school. So that's it's so like, fair. To like summer of 2020, like 2019 fall winter was our most successful collection ever. Um, and we just did the most, I think that was our best collection we've ever made. Okay. I don't want to say that we actually did a lot of amazing things afterwards, but like, it definitely got like such high praise from our community and just some outside people, which was awesome. We really explored with like cut and sew items and we did amazing colors. So we was really proud of that. And then we did spring, summer, 
um 20 and that one sucked wasn't that big fan of that one i mean like <laughs> i like like it wasn't the best um i definitely we could have done so much more that's why i say like 2020 towards the end because we came out with our backyard collective like the first ever collection like out of like deep depression i lost my internship everything was like not working out like what are we gonna do this summer um and we cultivated this idea about the backyard collective and working with different artists and it was so successful and i would say like it was like high down low and then high again but it's like 2020 because yeah covid really sucked um we were definitely discouraged in a lot of ways but also we were trapped Nolan and i lived with each other we were trapped in a home together and that was the worst thing also for our friendship because we at least had to work um (laughs) (laughs) and we made some really cool things out of that process so that was cool what is your creative process like when you're thinking of a new collection oh so random it's like random moments for me like nolan is constantly creating so he'd constantly be making graphics and designs and like we time like put those in certain places so honestly like the we would think about the most random ideas and the most random concepts um we did in spring summer 22 we did like the camino de santiago is like this trail in spain like i'm spanish so like spain heritage is super important to me and like it's like this Catholic trail and we're like, we're not religious. We don't care about any of that. But it's like what people do is like random people from all around the world just go and like they find themselves in there. So we decided to go around that concept of like self-exploration. And then we made this whole collection with like natural coffee dyes, matcha dyes, crazy duffel bags. And we developed a collection around like that kind of concept. And we were also like, we were both um, huge film nerds. So we make a lot of collections in the beginning about like movies and stuff. Like brands would do movie collabs, but then wouldn't do movies around like wouldn't do themes around what the movie represented. So we did like, we did like the movie Swingers. We did Silence of the Lambs. That was a bad one. Um, <laughs> um, I really wanted to do, what else? We did like, we did like a combo in like the autumn of like right after we graduated. We did like a combination of like singing in the rain and that like Gene Kelly being from Pittsburgh and this like dancer who's like really creative. And then we wanted to like kind of also tie it into like the Midwest in general. Um, So like my mom's from St. Louis and like, I love St. Louis. So it's like Chuck Berry is a huge icon for St. Louis. So we did like a combo of Gene Kelly and Chuck Berry and like <laughs> dancing in the Midwest. Um, no one takes it in ever into thought of like, we actually do have thoughts behind this. Like we don't just like make some random things and like put our name on it and think it's cool. Um, so I would say it's like so random. Like you find inspiration in like going to the museum or like going for a walk or like a good cup of coffee. Like you never know when it's like gonna like really hit you. Um, so that... I can't give exactly that, but like everyone has their own way, like creatives in general, like that you got, like that's the hardest thing. It's like keeping it up, but like us combined, like we'd have a million ideas between each other that we'd always like throw. Also like Pittsburgh, like, okay, one, I'm going to give like a PSA on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is the most amazing city. I wanted to stay in, <laughs> I begged the company that when I graduated to let me stay in Pittsburgh. They're like, no, we think you're better suited for New York. I was like, that really sucks. I love Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, clothing community is insane. The food community, there's so many smaller businesses and food owners that started in New York and couldn't like afford to keep it up in New York. So they moved out to Pittsburgh and made these amazing yeah. like cool things. Um, museums are, it's like Warhol's from Pittsburgh. I was going to ask you if you felt more inspired when you moved back or did you feel not jaded, but how did you keep going post-grad? It was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was incredibly hard. And I think it's also the reason why we had to end, end the brand. But like, like we put a pause to the brand, but like stop for a while. Cause one, my career, I'm in merchandising. So what I do for a career is basically what I was doing for Immortal, but just like with less of a um control on all the creative aspect. And then my partner, Nolan, he also had a full-time job. It was really difficult. So it's like, we used to live with each other. So we could just like go and hang out in the living room and talk and bust out designs and everything. It's like, now he lives like 
in Queens and I lived in Manhattan and we had a studio in like deep Brooklyn. So it would take us an hour each to like get there. We, we had to go to Red Hook and we'd spend the whole day there working and like creative, but it's like, it's harder. You're like a lot more disconnected. It's like hard to keep it going. Um, You can't just like work one day of the week to like keep it consistent, but we worked really hard. We did our best. We were definitely still inspired. We had like so many ideas left to do. It's just like that at a time gets difficult. Also our community was based in Pittsburgh. So it's like, pick that up and move it to New York City, which is the most out- oversaturated and like cliche area. It's harder to like just keep or even grow something from there. So um, that was like, it was difficult. Also like us transitioning from college to like adult life was horrible. Like it's so sad um, not being around like your friends and your community all the time anymore. Yeah, I mean, that that's, I guess that's the answer. I don't want to discourage people from like doing it. It's it's very difficult in New York because you like, you don't have a space to work and like you're in like shit whole apartments that are like this tiny. But like, if you can, there's so many people that do and can. And so if you can do it, please do it. It's incredible. And, you know, if I didn't have like a creative outlet at work, I would have done everything I could to like keep it going. Um, I know no one's in like not a creative line, but he's designing and making things like on the side. Do you think you would ever restart the brand or do you think you guys ended it on such a note that you guys are most happy about? No, I think I think there's definitely opportunity for us to restart it. Like the reason I'm in my industry is because like I just want to grow. I didn't even know this was like a possibility for like a career. But it's, like I work at Gap now. Like I do corporate. I'm like making button up shirts for like guys who will throw it in the corner. My goal is to like, do my own brand and work on a whole brand again. Um, Immortal is something that we both incredibly love. So we definitely would like to do it again. I just think it was a time where we needed to pause, reflect, work. It's also incredibly difficult to work with your best friends sometimes. It like gets really demanding and it makes it hard. And so I think like for us, it's like we need kind of like a little bit of a pause with one another. Um, but we still love each other very much. And we still like, are like whenever we see each other, it's like, what if we brought it back? What if we just brought it back? Like for one t-shirt or like we made some button ups, like everyone's like telling us like, this is the way that you should keep it going for like the time being. And it's like, yes, we'd love to, but it's like, we we care so much that we'd want to put it all in instead of half-assing it. It like yeah. meets people now, which is like, that was the biggest thing about like throwing it off. When we ended it, we were getting like 50 likes on Instagram. I was like, okay, no one gives a fuck about this anymore. Like we can just end it. And it's like, when we ended it, like I got a million texts and calls and people were like, I'm so sad. I'm like, whoa, like, this is like, this is, this is like, this is like hurts. This hurts a lot. This like made me feel emotional. Um, But I guess if you can touch people in that way, like, and if you ever want to bring it back, like, yeah, to really do it. You work for Gap now. Yeah. Does that give you like a new perspective on what you want to do creatively to have something so corporate and be doing something that appeals to such a different audience than streetwear would necessarily? Does that like gear you up and make you more passionate or are you like shifting and like, I could make some really good polos? I mean, I just have a very positive attitude, but like, I think what's the most incredible thing is like, look, everyone would like to be Supreme. Everyone would like to be like Louis Vuitton. Everyone would like to like make these crazy collections that like, are unobtainable basically i find so much pride in what i do because i'm making clothing for everyday people like i am giving i'm not giving like the new yorkers like exactly what they want but i remember myself like when i was like in high school and like i went to back to school shopping like urban like for the one graphic t-shirt i used my budget on and i wore it to school the next day i would think i'm the coolest kid in school and i felt so great that's who i'm giving it to like i started off like when i joined gap i was in women's activewear and like our target audience at that point was like the carpool mom so i was like i have no touch on this but it's like you know <laughs> her leggings that she feels like such a baller into like they'll pick up her kids from soccer practice like that gives me empowerment I got that from the mortal in the smaller sense like he would come up to me and say, I got 
like I got a girl's phone number because I was wearing this hoodie or like I got so many compliments on this hoodie and like that's <laughs> the bigger idea is like the goal is like obviously make it bigger and attainable to everyone in some sense so I mean that should be like the goal for any brand in a certain way I know that's not as cool but like that's what it eventually goes to so um, I love what I'm doing. It's not what I'm going to be doing forever, but it's something that really inspires me to keep doing things and understand a whole other aspect. Like we would never be the funding that Gap would, um, but it's like cool to like understand that realm and aspect of it. I would like to ask if you could be a clothing piece, which clothing piece would you be? Oof. That's such a complex question. Um <laughs> That's so hard. That's so hard for me. I guess like the fact that it's hard makes it for you is perfect. <laughs> I am a graphic tea person. I am going to be a graphic tea. I love graphic teas. It's my core. My dad's an artist. Like I think whenever you can illustrate art onto something like that's so easy and like, every day, I think graphic tea is everything. So I would say like base on a graphic tea. Um, current obsession, if like it could be, I'd be like a necktie. I'm trying to bring neckties back. I think that's Ooh. like casual dudes and neckties um I'm also in accessories at Gap so like really trying to push that we're not a tie company um but like neckties is like a current obsession but yeah I guess to end it up wrap it up um support independent businesses and support independent artists like any way you can I used to like buy artwork off of, like my friends who were also in the art department like Ruth Riley like I would buy stuff off them and I put it up on my wall and like it's like 50 bucks at the time but you never know like where they're gonna be and like how they can support and small businesses like Pittsburgh's filled with small businesses and they were so incredible and so hurt by COVID and like it was like wherever we could give attention to those businesses or help support in any way we could um we did and a lot of them are thriving a lot of them like suffered but like it's also the nicest thing to ever do is go to your local business and talk to them because more than likely like they're in that business because like they are obsessed with what they do Unless you have like some like bummy teenager who's just like looking there. Like most of the time, like owners like of stores, there's a brand called 18 East in uh, New York. Um, and like the owner there is like there only like from his nine to five, but he loves talking about his clothing and stuff. And it's like it's just an experience that you'll never forget or like ever not appreciate. And it helps you kind of want to develop and become a creative yourself. So I would just end with that. Well, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. No, of course. Riley, Thanks thank for letting you. me crash, guys. <laughs> this was fun. I'm glad I I'm glad I got to come.